0: developing strategies for self-improvement. These storylines exemplify the broader concerns held among educated and prosperous white Americans of the time about the likelihood that their next generation would be able to retain status atop American society. Confronted by declining white birth rates and rising immigration and, in the North, African-American populations, these adults worried that extended schooling urban living, and the diminution of physical labor were making their children physically and mentally weak at a time when their control over the nation's future seemed less secure than ever before. The most alarmist of these critics raised fears that white Americans were heading toward race suicide. Camp and other successful men offered sports, particularly when played within the protective environment of preparatory schools and universities, as one prescription for these problems. The substitute begins with a paragon of this approach Fairfax, an old graduate of Dick Goddard's school and currently the captain of Yale's football team. Fairfax gives Dick and his classmates a long speech encapsulating Camp's philosophy Work hard, play fair, but play to win, and strive to be part of something larger than yourself. Throughout the series, Dick and his friends follow Fairfax's advice and example, and gradually their participation in sports baseball, crew, wrestling, and most of all football, instills these virtues into their inconsistent but improving young minds. The faith in the developmental value of football was crucial to the game's survival amidst an existential crisis of its own. During the first decade of the 1900s, a wave of dozens of deaths and even more crippling injuries to high school and college football players led educators and political leaders, including President Theodore Roosevelt, to call for tougher regulation— and in some cases, even abolition of the game. These ongoing debates over the game's safety culminated with several prominent schools, including Columbia, Duke, Northwestern, and Georgetown, shutting down their teams, and with the implementation of fundamental rule changes, including the legalization of the forward pass, intended to mollify football's many critics. The game's perceived role in molding the characters of the nation's elite young men was not the only reason football survived this moment. The financial benefits the game provided for both universities and the press also helped. But the beliefs of advocates, including Roosevelt, who promoted the benefits of rough, manly sports, certainly aided the cause. The centrality of wealthy white boys, these now-familiar debates over football safety, may seem peculiar now when it's poor and minority young men who predominate in the game. Camp's books, though, exemplify more than just this inversion. They also revealed that football, like series books and other leisure products and activities, thrived during this time as part of a reconstruction of American childhood. Parents' focus shifted away from sheltering children from the outside world and toward helping young people develop skills that would enable them to prosper in a rapidly changing culture. It was under these transitional circumstances that football gained legitimacy, and only after this acceptance was the game able to expand into the mass-market entertainment that it is today.